Hello, my name is Amanda and welcome to This Organised Home. Hello, it's fantastic to have you all here today. I am really excited to share this interview with George. We all know him as that lunchbox school dad who shows daily the healthy lunchbox ideas he creates for his family. He is an ambassador to Jamie Oliver's Ministry of Food, created two bestseller cookbooks, as well as working full-time and raising children. How does it all work for him and his family? In this episode, we talk about all of that and so much more. I am so grateful to have had this conversation with him. He has brought a positive male perspective to this podcast. Thank you so much for being here today, George. Cool. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Okay. I would love to know, have you had a cup of water today? Yep. I've had a cup of water, my vitamins, what else? Two double shot ristrettos and a large single origin filtered black coffee. So oh. I'm, I'm buzzing. Look. Uh, the hairs, you know, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> That's excellent. Oh my goodness. Okay, can you please tell everyone just a little bit about yourself? Who are you? What do you do? Your family, your life? Yeah, okay. Well, my name's George. I'm <coughs> years of age and I'm married uh, to my wife, Marina. Um, two girls, Kiara and Anella. Kiara is turning eight soon and Anella's 10 and been married 19 years. Congratulations. Anyway, uh, yes, 19 years and um, uh, live in Geelong, beautiful like place. It's about an hour drive from Melbourne. So it's sort of semi-coastal. We've got the bay, it live near the river. So we're um, yeah, in a good spot. And um, yeah, that's, that's me in a nutshell. That's wonderful. So what do you do full time? What kind of um, area are you in? Yeah, um, at the moment I'm in like a, like the back end of construction, like large construction. So I work for a company that does um, commercial flooring. So we do aged care facilities, hospitals, schools, um, vets, and you know warehousing. And uh, I do. I'm an estimator slash project manager. So I um, I got relationships with certain large construction companies that I do. You know, project manage their flooring uh, projects. And um, yeah, so it's sort of it's a unique job. Yeah, it's full time. So I'm there from nine to five. Uh, and it was funny because I've, I've only been at this position for about a little over two months. And they said, are there anything? And the job was eight to four. And I said, so I'm happy to do eight to four. I do school drop off. And, um, and it was really good to see that the, the two directors, the two guys that were interviewing me, and they're like, oh, that's cool. Do you want to do nine to five so you can do school drop off in the morning? I'm like, you know, I didn't even have to ask. So it was so cool that like other dads, yeah. get it that it's a it's a parent thing you know it's not just a mum or a dad thing and and uh yes yeah, so i do school drop off in the morning and my wife does school pickup so that was really good does your wife yeah. work full-time as well or is she part-time what's her kind of uh well she's kind of full-time she works uh she's in aged care so at the moment with everything that's happening out there she's um all over the place so she's working crazy hours she works weekends just trying to um help as many elderly as she possibly can because um you know she's a pca which i don't even know what those letters mean but uh all i know is that it's important so she helps the elderly and she's also in um admin in a large aged care facilities aged care facility during the week so um yeah she's um quite busy at the moment yeah but she does get um she structures her hours around school pickup so i do drop off and she does pick up that's you guys communicate really well it worked out well we're very fortunate i just think we're just fortunate um that we have that well we don't have an option because my my mum lives in melbourne which is an hour away and we have no family here so it's just my wife and i and the kids and we've got tons and tons of friends but um as far as the you know we've had to become self-sufficient because of where we live and how we do things. Absolutely. I know a fair few families who are nine to five, but they've got to put the kids in ush and like mm. after school care, before school care, just to even get through that traffic as well. It just adds the biggest headache. They're just trying to make ends meet as well. Yeah. I mean, we're lucky because Geelong, everything's five minutes away. So, um, you know, for me to get to work is five minutes, you know, to do school pickups, five minutes, 
uh, or drop off. So we're very fortunate. And that's why I love the feel of a smaller community. Um, and yeah, it's pretty cool. Okay. So <laughs> with this climate that's happening at the yeah. moment, we're kind of, you know, what's, what month are we in? We're at the end of March at the moment. We're filming this. So, um, yep. Obviously, when it comes to the way you guys are living your home, it's a little bit different because of this climate we're entering. Um, so living your life together in your home, when it comes to, can you describe, I guess, before what we're kind of like now, what a normal weekday kind of looks like for you guys? Do your kids yep. do anything extracurricular? How do you and your wife yeah. communicate? Yeah. Well, we, we, we're strong believers in um, like looking after ourselves. Like to be a good, like this is just my theory, right? To be a good dad, right? I've got to, I've got to look after myself. Uh, and I think overall, it's important to invest a little bit of time in ourselves so that we could be fit and healthy for our kids. So I, before this craziness, um, I, uh, you're probably going to cringe when I say this, but like I got up at 4:30, right, in the morning, and I get myself ready. I leave the house just before five, and I go do. Um, this thing called Pilates Reformer. So it's using the machine thing to do your Pilates move. And I'll be the only dude there. There'll be 20 other people and I'm the only guy and I feel like a creeped out old dude, but I go stay in the corner and I'll do my Pilates thing for 45 minutes. Then I get home um, and I'd have, I'd make coffee for my wife and I. And then we have an, like an hour of our time. So just my wife and I, and we talk about it a day, things that are going on and things we've got to do. And then um, I'd get myself ready, uh, have a shower and all that. And I would then do breakfast, lunches for the girls, pack the bags. They get up, we eat. My wife, um, you know, have her breakfast and stuff. And then she'd go to work and I'd do the drop-off. Then work all day uh, till five. My wife would pick up the kids, whether she'd take them straight to an activity because um, they'd do swimming, um, the eldest does acting. Um, all that sort of stuff. So they do their activities and then they um, come home and they, everyone knows that the kitchen's my domain. So they'd wait for dad to get home before food is served because that's what I want to do. And I um, would come home at five, um, make dinner. So we'd eat by about six o'clock every night and then uh, homework, showers, um, and pretty much tuck them into bed at about a bit after eight, the girls. And then my wife and I would again, again would have like an hour and a half to ourselves and watch TV. Um, don't watch Married at First Sight. But can't believe what's happening in the show. But anyway, no, I'm kidding. I'm stuck up for that. Um, and um, so we, you know, watch a bit of TV, communicate, uh, jump into bed, talk some more, um, chill out on our phones and go to sleep. That's a typical day before this craziness happened. Can I ask um, what you guys, what time you go to sleep then? If you're waking up at 4.30? Uh, I go to probably lying in bed by about 9.30, yeah. which is not bad. Yeah. Um, but with me, like I, uh, like it's, um, my wife's a, like a figure competitor. Like, so she, um, she decided maybe three years ago now to change her lifestyle. She hit 40, um, like European background and um, both of us. And it's like, she wanted to break the mold of a typical 40 year old European mum you know she didn't want to just be a mum and have the two kids and you know work and come home and um, you know that she wanted to do something different so she got into figure competing so her food her nutrition's on point um, she eats so much but of uh, wholesome food like good food and she trains at the gym so um, she'd go to the gym most nights and um, what happens is yeah she became a two-time world champion and two-time Miss Universe. Yeah, so we went to Italy last year and she won all these medals and stuff. So that's my wife. So for me, I felt like, okay, that's so inspiring for me. I want to do something similar. So I thought, well, I'm 47-ish and I need to, I want to be healthy and keep up with my wife so that I can keep up with my kids. So I decided to get super fit. So I changed up my diet about a few months ago and with food and I, um, and I train every morning. So that's why I get up at 4:30. Yeah. So, does she get up as well at 4:30, or does she choose no. to have her time in the at night? Yeah. So, what happens is, like, um, when she trains, she'd uh, I get home and high five her on on the way up. So she'd go train, do her 45 minutes, come home, dinner's ready, and um, 
yeah, so that's how it works. You guys are doing so well. <laughs> it's not easy, but it's a good routine. And, and it just shows my girls, and that's what it's all about, is it shows them that um, well, if they can do it, like, yeah. this, is, this is what we do, you know. Um, and you know how in aeroplanes, um, they say if, the, if something happens, they drop the, air, the mask, they always say, put it on yourself first. Yeah. I never got it. I'm like, that's ridiculous. I'm going to put it on my kids first. Like, who's this moron telling me? to not do that so I um now I get it what, what they're saying is put it on yourself first so you can look after your other you know the children um because um there's no point putting it on them and you not living you know and struggling so I, I get it now so look after myself so I can look after my kids I love that analogy and I have used that yeah. too you need to take care of yourself first in order to actually give others yep. life you need to make sure that you are your cup is completely filled up Yep, totally, totally. So now with this climate, how much has your life changed? Yeah, uh, how's it changed? Um, I guess it's it's instilled a little bit more, like a bit of anxiety, to be honest, and a bit the bit of the unknown. Like this is something that happens in other countries; it doesn't happen in Australia, you know. But it's actually happening here, and we need to take it serious. And like we everything, for example, like the whole thing at Bondi Beach, and just the laid back attitude that we all have. Um, needs to change and it has changed uh, thankfully so it's for me now I work from home because um, the kids the Victorian government said as of you know last week that they, you know they're closing all the schools so I'm um, fortunate enough with my work that the guys said hey you can work from home because we understand and so I've been working from home and um, still try and keep the routine the same so that we don't have to completely freak out in that the only thing is I don't go and, and train to at the Pilates. I do some training at home, some weights or whatever. But I still get up. I still make lunches, believe it or not, in the morning um, because I think it's yeah. I think it's um, while I'm working at home, I don't want to be like interrupted too much. So what I do is I still make the lunchbox and I pop it in the fridge, and the girls know not to say, "Dad, what's for lunch?" or "I want a snack." They just go get what's in the lunchbox. So it leaves me alone, and I even do it over the holidays. So which, which is helpful. Um, so I still do that. Um, my wife's still in aged care, so she has she's more important than, than ever before. So she's racing out the door doing her thing. Um, but it's I guess the news is frightening because the only thing they really discuss is um, statistics. You know, there's a hundred more deaths in Italy than there was the same time yesterday, and um, Spain's overtaken New York, and you know, and it's everything's negative, and that's why. Um, at home, we focus more on the, you know, those that are doing the hard work behind the scenes that don't get recognised. You know, How like are you, like, balancing working at home with having the two young girls schooling at home? Um, well, because they're technically on holidays. Okay. But, um, but we do, they don't get off light, lightly with not doing any schoolwork. But, um, like, I'd say to them, okay, before you pick up any form of technology, I want you to write me a page each on... Um, uh, on a sentence I'm going to start off and then I need you girls to write a page and finish it. And so like yesterday, my eldest, um, I said to her, cause she's, um, she uh, practices piano and she loves playing the piano. And I'm like, okay, you're walking on stage on the voice and there's the four judges there and you're walking on and the piano set up. You're walking on stage. Um, you're wearing a beautiful white flowy dress and, um, you know, your shoes are tapping on and you sit down on the piano. How do you feel and go? And then, so she would write, you know, story. So it's more getting them in the mood to write something that, that they're passionate about. And then they'd end up writing two pages. Um, and Kiara, she's just a, like, she, there's no in between with her. She's either going to be a full blown superstar or uh, <laughs> probably get visits, you know, in prison <laughs> to see her once a week. You know, it's that with her. But um, so she's quite creative. So I'll tell her, okay, I want you to make something out of this before you touch any form of technology. So, um, yeah, I enjoy it. Like, my, I know some people might freak out, but I actually enjoy setting them tasks that are a bit different. Because um, um, I let the teachers teach and I just do the fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, you've got really good ages too, eight and ten. Yeah, I mean, very. It's a bit easier than having a three and a four-year-old or a six-year-old at home during this time. Yeah, I remember those days. And I remember, like, going to work was like a break. You know, yeah. I used to feel for my wife because she'd, she'd deal with it, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, we love them though, don't we? We love them very much. 
Totally, totally. Okay, I would love to get away from this climate talk currently, yes. and I would love to know a bit, oh, so many things about you and how you came up with the concept about the lunchboxes and everything like that. So, one thing I um, really want to know is how do you find the time? So, I love that your ideas stem behind that nothing, it doesn't take more than five minutes to really put in to, to implement, to create, and to actually give it to your, to your daughters. But to create such diverse lunchboxes, you need to have the ingredients, you need the time to actually yep. make them and put them together. Can you share with us your process, I guess? Yeah, sure. Uh, complete insanity is the first step. No, I'm joking. Um, first thing is, like, you do need to be prepared. So what we do is um, our Sunday, like, I turned the old... Uh, Thursday night shopping trip into um, something fun. So I got my, every Sunday I take my girls to the supermarket or the green grocer or a farmer's market or whatever. And um, we do a bit of a list and I've got a list. I think it's a $50 shopping list. It's on my um, somewhere. Maybe it's in the book as well somewhere. But um, so I've got a $50 list. But what I learned was I learned so much about my kids taking them to the supermarket and the green grocer because Anala, my eldest, she'd pick the pink lady apples because they're really sweet. Whereas Kiara, my youngest, she'd go for the green. She'd go for the bitterness and the sour. And I never knew that. And most supermarkets have got free samples, you know, when you're walking like, no, they're not samples, they're just free fruit and veg for the kids. And Kiki would always go for the sour. Like she, she'd munch on a carrot over a strawberry, you know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is interesting. I never knew this. So I got them to pick their own fruit and veg. And I'm like, girls, pick what you want. Um, like Anella, get yourself five apples. Kiara, get your all, you know, five pieces of fruit. And uh, Kiara, get yourself five pieces of veggie or fruit. You know, and to see them get what they want and bring it back, it's like, wow, I never knew this about my kids. So I learnt about them. So what I do, we do is we do our shopping together on a Sunday. We make it fun. When we check out, I get them to pay or tap so that they can see there's a transaction in place, so they can see the food just doesn't magically appear. Um, and they know it costs money. And what I do is I do everything based on hours. So I'd say to them, okay, this, uh, for this food that we've got today, daddy had to work four hours, you know, or three hours or whatever of work. So, um, you know, and, but I, I don't say to them, so don't throw anything away. That's up to them to figure out, you know? So what happened was after a few weeks of doing our shopping together and drumming that message into them, you know, we go home, we wash the fruit, and we wash the veggies and put them in airtight containers and pop them in the fridge. So that's what we do on a Sunday. Um, and then what happened was I, all I do in the morning is just assemble. So I'd get some, you know, fill up the bento, which has got separate compartments and I'd fill them with, you know, veggies. So I usually put three veggies and two fruits. So say some carrot, cucumbers and um, mini tomatoes. So I put, fill that in. Then I do um, two fruits, like uh, an apple, say some strawberries. And I make a, a sandwich, like a, a fibre type, you know, whether it be a sandwich or a mini croissant or whatever I make. Um, and so in the morning, I'm just assembling and making a sandwich or a, you know, one of my creative things. And that's, that's how I sort of do it. Now, the way I find time is that because I'm organised, I'm just assembling in the morning rather than creating and washing. So it takes me anywhere from five to ten minutes to create two lunches um, while drinking a coffee. Yeah. And I do it first thing uninterrupted. Um, but the good thing is, though, um, after doing all this supermarket stuff together, when the girls, like sometimes when they come home from school and I open their lunchbox, there might be a few carrot sticks left um, that they'd eat, you know, or my wife would say, you know, they were eating on the you know, cucumbers on the way home from school in the car. And it's because they, they know there's a value to it. They know it costs money because they come with me to the supermarket and they see that it costs money. Um, so that's a really... Uh, I guess an accidental little lesson that they learned. Um, yeah. So being organized, washing, airtight containers, and just assembling in the morning is my tip. That's excellent. That's Where do you get the ideas from though, especially when it comes to like the main ingredients? Because you're very yep. quite, you're quite versatile and the, di the ideas are diverse as well. Where do you get your yep. ideas from? Do you do your own little Google search or do you see what's kind of popular at the time? Or Yeah. Um, I, I just really, like we, we spoke earlier, but I do my, I just do my own thing. Um, like when I first started doing lunches, I started looking for inspiration. I'd, um, you know, I, I, I didn't even know Instagram existed. So I'd look on Google or Facebook, but it was either too complicated 
or far too many nutritional facts. And as a simple dad, dude, it sort of scared me a bit. Like, it's like, what do these numbers mean? And what do they mean, vitamin B12? Like, what is that? You know, so I sort of got a bit scared. And then I stopped looking and I thought, bugger, I'm just going to do my own thing. And I remember reading somewhere that it was about an hour's worth of reading online about, um, you know, what you should put in a lunchbox. But if they just did one sentence and it just summarized the whole hours of reading, if they just said, you know, put three veggies and two fruits and you'll be right, mate. That's all they needed to write was that one sentence. And I would have got it, but I didn't get it until I figured out all they're really saying is put three veggies and two fruits. So that's it. I just summarized it as simple as that. So, um, yeah, I just did my own thing um, and stopped looking after I got the basics because then it gets competitive with other people and then you get people like hating or, or just attacking you for whatever reason. Um, and I just did what, what was right for my girls and yeah. then I decided, yeah. Do you, find kids it, do you repeat your meals often? Um, I try and um, keep them a little bit different. So in a week, I wouldn't do more than, I wouldn't put bread in the lunchbox more than once a week. So uh, I do a croissant once a week. I do like um, like a DIY little taco kit maybe once a week. So, yeah, it's like going to a restaurant. You're not going to order the same meal all the time because you get sick of it. And I like to put myself, which is easy for me to do, maybe because of my maturity, but like I like to put myself in their shoes and think, well, well wouldn't it be cool to not know what's in the lunchbox today so that when you open it, you're like, oh, yeah, wow. And instead of, you know, mozzarella and cheese for 12 years, you know, um, you know, so I enjoy, I get more enjoyment out of them opening their lunchbox than probably they do. It's like, well, I'm going to sneak this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to make it different. Um, even though my principles are the same, the, you know, no two lunchboxes are the same. Yeah. Wow. Have you, because your kids seem to be really good eaters. Um, do you no, have, they, do you they sucked. Yeah, they totally sucked when I started. Um, they're like the lunchbox was coming back, yeah. like with food in it, and I I didn't understand. Yeah. Um, and then um, uh, the funny thing is, I asked them like, "What's the story?" It's like that. I you know, um, it's too big. I can't eat all of that sandwich because I just get a sandwich, cut it in half, yeah. you know, maybe in a triangle if they're lucky, and put it in the lunchbox. And it'll be too daunting. So I learned from them. Yeah. And one of the things we don't do enough, or I didn't do enough, was ask them. Yeah. Because uh, they're smart little you know, humans. And um, they're honest. They're brutally honest. So I figured out, well, okay, I need to make this food bite size. Because it's, you know, so it fits in the hand and it's, it's not daunting. And then I needed to go for colour to make it attractive and bright and, and stuff. So I just applied real basic principles and then I noticed they were eating more and more because the secret is when you eat as a kid like they just want to play like at lunchtime the bell goes they don't care about food they just want to go hang with their mates and do whatever so I figured well how can I trap them to want to eat and so by making little like ravioli sandwiches the ravwich that I make it's it's one like two bites and it's done and if I can make it tasty enough they might want to eat the other because it opens their appetite and it works so, um, yeah, so you just figure out, I just figured out my kids, you know, and what works. And then That's really good real. advice because I know that there are so many people wanting to try to give them, they, their children a diverse palate, but they just yep. don't want to get that lunchbox the same back <laughs> without yeah. having them giving it a go. Yeah, but the funny thing is, like, I looked at other countries as well. Like, in Japan, like, they teach the, like in school they teach kids like at the age of five or six how to put together food you know and how to respect it and how to eat it you know and 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 enjoying it and the flavors um like in other nations other countries um that aren't as fortunate as us here with the the produce they eat what they're given and they eat everything you know um so uh, which led me to another thing that i did with my kids about teaching them about food from other countries but it's important that um, they understand that they're lucky they even get food, you know. And, um, you know, the whole line I used to use years ago was, you what, you know, you, you haven't eaten your lunch. Um, there's a kid in Africa at the moment that's that, that will die to eat this food. And you're just, what, you want me to throw it in the bin now? And show them the picture of the poor kid starving, you know. I, I did all that, you know, um, because I didn't get it, you know. Um, but 
after a while I got it and um, realised that we have to work with what we've got and understand our children more, you know, rather than just expect them to eat it. Do they get involved with any of the prep themselves or is it just purely your domain? Yeah, um, it really is my domain, but they get involved with the shopping and um, stuff. And like sometimes we'd be at a restaurant and they, or a cafe and my little one would surprise me. She'd be like, oh, can I have some, Dad? And I'm like, but it's a curry and it's got chilli in it. She says, I just want to try a little bit. I'm like, wow. So she's more adventurous and curious. So when I try and try new foods, I hit her lunchbox first and see, and get her you know reaction. So um, they don't get involved, yeah. but we do on weekends when we're making pizzas together. So I get them to knead the dough or we make their own bread or um, pasta. You know, they roll the machine. But I think I'll struggle letting go. Like if my kid said, Dad, I want to make my own lunch, I don't know what I'll do. Like, I might, it might freak me out a bit. Well, can I ask, what do you have for lunch? Do you make your own lunchbox? Yeah, I do. Um, I've got my own lunchbox. It's even got my name on it, so no one eats it at work in the fridge. But, like, I love, um, like, a Sunday batch cooking. So I'll do what we wash all the fruit and veg and then put it in the fridge. And I love making, like, I'll make a, a curry that will last a couple of days. Um, at the moment, I'm hooked on the Thai red curries. So I make it all from scratch and you know, get the, you know, um, the rice sorted and I'd have it all in containers. And in the morning, again, I'll just assemble. So rice, curry, you know, a bit of protein. Um, and I'm also um, experimenting with like um, traditional foods from different countries that are really quick and easy. Like um, there's this old Macedonian thing, because I've got a Macedonian background, like that's, uh, my parents came from, from Macedonia. So I remember my mum making all this food that I hated as a kid that now I love and because it's soul food almost so I'd experiment and it might taste crap but you know I, I try so I like um, um, having different types of lunches at work because I get easily bored with food I'm big with chili now I grow my own little habanero so I love eating chili and freaking out and drinking water and milk and then going for another bite because I'm in that case. So yeah, when it comes to food, I um I like all sorts. Yeah. I love um, uh, what else? Yeah, yeah. So I do make my own lunches. I do prepare, but sometimes I'm like want to be inspired by the moment and make something. You know, like I love um, Mexican, uh, but traditional Mexican. Make my own little tortilla breads. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Oh, it's yep. good that you're actually taking care of yourself too. Have to. Have to, but I must say, <coughs> excuse me. Over the last few months, I've gone more plant-based because I grew up eating meat as a kid. Like that's what you do: breakfast, lunch, dinner. It's it's meat, you know, Southern European sort of food. And um, I figured I want to try this plant-based craze, you know, and see what what it is, and see if it makes me feel any different. And it has. Like I actually feel now I've got this energy, even though I lack certain vitamins as a result. But um, I'm I'm just that type of person where I'll try any sort of any any method of eating. I don't believe in diets, you know, because you just got to know your nutrition and what works for you. You know, I'm not a big diet fan, like measuring my food and stuff. I just eat what I want to eat. But um, I got, I, I'm trying to find a balance, and that's why I train hard, eat well, and you know, stay away from the you know stuff that will kill me. Absolutely. Yeah. So do you, when it comes to your meals as a family, um, yep. do you meal plan like with grocery shopping and I, have you found, do you have a certain system or what works um, for you guys, what doesn't work for you? Because it's lovely that you all eat to get your dinners together as a family. Yeah, yeah we don't have um, a system as such, but we know that we have tacos once a week and um, uh, we do like a chicken based meal, for example, like the taco is generally beef and pork mince, you know, and uh, we make our own bread and we can do all of that. And the girls assemble it themselves. Um, we do pasta, like a lasagna, usually once a week, because I just want to make sure they get the iron that they need, um, you know, the certain vitamins um, and stuff through the meals at night, because I can control that. Um, but we, no, we don't have a formula. Like we might go out once a week, um, not as much now, obviously, but um, yeah, we generally, um don't have a formula but we do eat together sometimes like the kids are like dad what are we going to eat i'm like i don't know you know and i wait to get inspired i'll open the cupboard i'm like i, I can make this 
and that. And then I'll throw it out there and they're like, do it, dad. And I'll just go crazy, you know? Um, yeah. You guys. Absolutely. So when it comes to putting all that time into Instagram, because yep. you're working full time too, and it seems like you're yep. putting a fair bit of time with your beautiful Instagram page. How do you kind of organize it? Do you manage certain hours of your day? Do you block time out to do it? Um, are you conscious about your kids seeing you doing it? Um, that's, a, that's a really good question because what I do is, because I make the lunch anyway, right? So I take a, um, I, I've made the lunch. So I go outside to get natural light and I take a, I stand over it and I take a photo and I write a caption, maybe a couple of minutes. And usually with grammar and spelling mistakes, and then I just post it and I, I leave it. And then I go, and then it's like, I forget about it. And then I go to work, do my thing, um, come home. And then I'd look like there's messages or comments and stuff. And I'd usually respond, um, you know, there's some usual, and funny because being lazy, um, traditionally I used to be lazy, but not as much anymore. I just, I'd make like shortcuts like so the most common question is where do you get your lunchbox from? So instead of me typing, you know, where it's from, I just do like shortcuts, like stuck on you. And then I just hit stuck on you. And then the whole caption comes up and I just hit enter. So I just become efficient. Um, but no, I reckon all up probably half an hour a day uh, for doing what I do. But when it comes to browsing and searching and, and all that, yeah, probably I don't generally do it in front of the girls unless I say, right, technology time. And we've got this box at home and it's called in charge box where we put all our technology in and there's little charges inside and there's a lock and key. So then we all put our phones in there, lock and key, and then we have dinner, do whatever, family time, homework. And then yeah. if the kids being good or whatever, which they usually are, I'm like, all right, you can get, let's get our phones, you know, or iPads. So then we open it up and we might spend 15 minutes or half an hour in front of the kids um but other than that yeah i like to keep a lid on it you know do so fun what stuff does your wife think about you and your page and she um she she freaks out as much as i do i can't believe that it i like three years ago i didn't know what instagram was like and i'm being honest with you um yeah she she loves it because she sees the messages I get from people and the direct messages from other people um, from all over the place that are like, oh, my, my son, you know, wouldn't eat until I made your dumpling sandwiches and he thinks they're the coolest thing and he's eating his lunch and now as a result, his um, behaviour has changed at school and his grades have improved. And to hear someone like, I don't know, you know, to, to get those messages, she loves. But she laughs at my... Uh, like the insta stories that i do because i do bad dad jokes and stuff and i've got a whole collection of them and she just laughs she's like oh my god like um you know she's happy that i'm i'm happy to make a fool of myself that like to make others laugh you know and that's always been me as a kid i used to be that funny kid in class and i'd look like a fool but that's cool as long as everyone laughed that that was me growing up so i, I tend to still do that with the you know dad jokes and quirkiness so yeah but she loves it she, she really does she's very supportive of it yeah oh that's yeah. beautiful do you find that you've put a bit of pressure on yourself now though um or are you just totally calm and collected and yeah yeah i, I tend to, I, I found that like when it grew rapidly the, the followers it started freaking me out a bit and then um like i think there's like over 120 something thousand on instagram or something like that and like um 60 something on facebook um thousand and i don't i tend to avoid looking at the followers um because i don't want it to change who i am i haven't really i haven't sold out like sometimes you know people might get five thousand followers and they're doing dyson vacuum cleaner demos and stuff i tend not to do any of that unless it's in in line with me yeah, yeah. But don't get me wrong i did ask dyson for a vacuum cleaner but they never answered <laughs> maybe because i'm a guy but um um, I try not to, I keep it as authentic as possible. And I think that's part of the um, popularity is that I'm just the same dude that I was when I started the page and the page looks you know, nice and bright and colorful. That's it. You've got to have integrity in this game. You really do. Otherwise you're just going to blend in with everyone else. Yeah, But that's the thing. Like, um, like I had one company, not 
even know what I was, you know, like a, a guy or a girl. And they, they're like, oh, we want to send you some active wear. And I'm like, great. Okay. Yeah, I'm an active guy. And I got crop tops and tights and leggings. I'm like, this is odd. <laughs> you know? So I sent it all back and, you know, I get face creams um, a while ago. Not anymore because people now know I'm a dude. Um, yeah, I'm definitely a dude. And um, so... Um, yeah, so and, and it's hard because the stats on my page, 97% of my followers are women between the ages of 24 and 45, you know, and that's 97%. So that's like 110,000 followers are women. And I'm like, where are the dads? Like, come along, dude, I'm funny, you know, <laughs> if not just listen to my dad jokes and have a laugh. But that was an interesting stat for me because I'm, it makes me realize that it's mums that are doing this, you know. Um, you know, mums are the ones making lunches and I'd love to be able to inspire more dads. And I know everyone has different circumstances, but I'd love to, those, those statistics. Do you have different. any advice to dads who want to get involved more? Yeah. Um, you, can, you can be like, it's called parenting, right? It's not a mum job making lunches. Um, and I grew up with my mum. Like my dad passed away when I was young. So I grew up with my mum and my sister. And then I got married to a wife and I've got two girls. So all I know is, is women and, and women and girls. So I don't know any different. For me, this is just what you do. So any advice for dads would be, if you want to get more involved, more hands-on with your kids, whether it be a boy or a girl, um, you can have fun in the kitchen and, you know, going out to the supermarkets and, you know, throwing veggies at each other. Uh, no, don't do that. But like um, just having fun, um, you know, lunches can be um, fun, you know, uh, together. Cooking, cooking is fun. Um, yeah. So, you know, making pizzas together, you know, as, as a parent with a child, it's, it's fun. It shouldn't be a chore. It shouldn't be something that's boring. It, you, you can make it fun. And, you know, I think kids, I remember as, as being little, like, like saying to myself, oh, I remember my dad, you know, you know, like making a roast on a Sunday, you know, and, you know, I'd love my girls to say, I remember when dad and I, we made lunches and rocked it, you know, you know, it's leaving little memories. So it's more important than just making lunches. So yeah. dads get on board. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Thank you so much for sharing that advice. Cool. With, um, I'm really interested to know you, your beautiful book that you made called Lunchbox Express. Can you, is there any, how'd you come about writing one? What made you want to do oh, it? Man. Okay, this is the true story, okay? And I don't think yeah. I've told this thing right, right? So um, what happened was um, I noticed that, because um, what happens is when I get a, a, follow, a new follower, I tend to sort of make sure it's not um, like a marketing sales company because then I block them, um, you know, or whatever. But it, I noticed that Pan Macmillan, like Macmillan Publishers, started following me and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is cool because I've actually got another book idea that I had and, and the idea was never for Lunchbox Express for a, for, for a recipe book. It was always about this other idea I had. And it was, um, the idea was called um, To the Sun I Never Have. Uh, to the Sun I Never Had. And it was about, because I got two daughters, I was like writing a book to the future dudes that might date my girls, you know. And it was like, hey, I was once like you. And I looked at, you know, girls like this. And there's the media that portrays women like this. And, um, you know, and I had all these things. And I was trying to you know, write a message for them in a short little book about um, respecting women. Um, and so I was, I had this idea and I started making notes and I, my idea was with Macmillan starting to follow me. I'm like, Oh, I can pitch this idea to them about my, my book. And then uh, I sent them a, a direct message saying, Hey, who do I talk to about a bestseller? Right. And um, thinking, Oh, and no one would ever write that to the, like a book company. Right. But as it turns out, they sent me an email back saying, hey, the, the publisher, her name's Mary, she'd like to talk to you. And I'm like, sweet, it worked, yes. You know? And then I, um, I caught up with her and she said, listen, the amount of people that say, can we talk about a bestseller? She goes, we don't even answer because it's just wrong. It's cheesy. I'm like, oh, what? I thought I was the only one. You know? So I, I spoke to her and I, I told her about my idea. She goes, that sounds like amazing. She goes, but where we think there's a book within your page that you do. Your recipes are unheard of, um, you know, using a protein shaker to make 
cupcakes and all these other recipes is it's never been done before we've never seen it anywhere and you're a little bit quirky crazy and we think there's a book in what you do what do you think i'm like oh you mean for the lunches <laughs> and they're like yeah i'm like yeah i can do that and so because i've already had the i've already got the rest i had the recipes um you know i said to them well can we throw in some of my dad jokes and they're like sure and i'm like well why don't we do a month's worth of bento ideas and they're like great and like and then we can do the international ones like to teach kids about culture and food and make the world a bit smaller and they're like great this is good and and you know can i talk do tell my story you know about can i get my mum in there like some photos and, and they loved it because i'm not a chef i'm just a simple dad and they said okay go you got three months and here's what you have to deliver every month and i, I was so inspired i remember going home and i just started straight away you know and um yeah, so that happened, um, and then oh, it was like pre-orders were done on my Instagram page, and they released this pre-order thing, and the pre-orders sold out the book without it being released. That did my head in, like it just. I'm like, what? So what happened was um, the book went into second round of publishing before it was even on the shelves, and it freaked freaked out. I just couldn't believe it. So I guess the moral of the story is that a real per I'm just a real dad that is connecting with other real people. I'm not a celebrity chef that would put a hamburger together using 73 ingredients and flames coming out of the pan and wearing my chef's gear and the kitchen looking immaculate. Like I'm far from that. I'm just a simple guy that looks to make um, a meal, you know, in between the commercial breaks and watching home and away, you know? So that's, uh, that was the connection with the people and the book well, went nuts. Nice. Yeah. I still can't get my head around it. Um, yeah. And it is quite a different, it is quite a different book. This, I don't, I haven't seen anything like it. Um, uh, it's definitely me, the book. Yeah. Well, there, is there a second one on the horizon or is that memoir? Um, that's what your fellow <laughs> soon to be there, sons of all? <laughs> well, there's, there's talk that we're talking at the moment for the second book, but, um, there's all these different ideas because I think the publisher was a bit surprised as well because they said, well, if we can hit this much sales, it's considered a success. And then to hit those sales before it was released, they were a bit like freaked out because they, they took a big risk in, in me. Like they, uh, like they wouldn't do it. You know, initially they, they thought about it and thought, no, it's too risky, but they did. And they're, they're happy that they did. And so am I. So now um, they thought that that was it. They're my 30 recipes and they're the ideas. But after the book was released, I've got another 30, another 50 odd recipes that are quirky and unique. And they're like, far out, this guy just keeps going, you know, like, what are we going to do now? So, you know, there's some talk. We're talking at the moment, but with yeah. what's happening out there, things are a bit sort of, um, I guess, they're just being cautious yeah. with the current economic climate. But yeah, there is definitely talk. And I'm freaking out. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, we did we did speak about celebrity chefs then just here in passing. And yep. I have to ask, you are an ambassador for Jamie Oliver. Yes. Have you spoken to him, met him? Um, haven't met him, but he has sent me um, a, a direct message. That was, Excellent. I have goosebumps even thinking about that. Because <laughs> I, Everyone's story. Like, oh my goodness, I know someone who knows someone who knows someone who knows Jamie <laughs> But like, he was, he's scheduled to um, visit Australia soon and I'm on the cards to like give him a man hug and not let go, you know, so I'm really looking forward to that. But um, with everything happening, we'll see, we'll see, hopefully that happens. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, like five years ago, I did the Jamie Oliver course, like my, my family bought it for me for Father's Day and it was a, like a five week course, um, you know, to, to learn to cook. Like Jamie Oliver, I'll just do his basic things. And um, so I did that. And then I stayed as a volunteer. Every Friday night, I'd go work as a volunteer there. Um, you know, I did it for a whole year. And then I sort of, you know, ended that. And um, th when they contacted me about a year ago now, you know, they said, hey, we want you to be Jamie Oliver's ambassador. And he doesn't have ambassadors. Like, I'm his only ambassador. And I thought it was a joke. Like, I thought, no, nah, no way. I'm, from, I'm a dad dude from Geelong. This, this doesn't happen. And I went in, had a meeting with them and, you know, yeah, it's amazing. But I love his message. You know, like we've seen him fight, you know, the school system and what they offer for food, you know, in the US, in the UK. 
So for me, I um, at that time, I was trying to battle, I was still am battling the state government in Victoria to regulate canteen food. And I had many meetings with different um, ministers, um, had many cancellations because they didn't want to talk to me for whatever reason, but I kept fighting. And it was at that stage when the whole Jamie Oliver offer came across to be an ambassador. And I thought, you know what, maybe I can use his name to help me do my fight here. And, and it helped, it really did. But um, it's a battle and it's a constant one, but I'm so grateful that, you know, he even knows that I exist. You know, it's just like, wow. The next one's Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam. Like, I just need him, you know, to, to say, hey, George, you know, come backstage and watch our show. I just love Eddie Vedder. So and- much book, George. Oh, sorry, can I sign your book, George? That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I even Photoshopped my book in a photo with Eddie Vedder, you know, like I'm obsessed with Eddie Vedder's yeah. from Pearl Jam. And every post I do every single day, you're probably going to go back and have a look, the last hashtag I dedicate to Eddie Vedder. So I might make a croissant like in the lunchbox and the last hashtag will be hashtag Eddie Vedder, like let, meet me in Paris for a croissant, you know, or hashtag Eddie Vedder, why did you lock your back gate last night? I couldn't get in, you know, just stuff like that because I'm, I'm really obsessed yeah. with Eddie Vedder and Jamie Oliver. So there you go. Well, well, you've got one of them already, so who knows about the second one? I'm sure it's on the way. Fingers crossed. Okay, so when it comes to a little bit about your home life, I'm really interested yep. to see how um, partners kind of communicate the division of labour, how things get done, the washing, the cleaning, the, the cooking, yep. you know, but the gardening. Um, can you kind of share a little bit what happens in your home? Yeah, we're, um, we're pretty much a team. You know, I mean, as I mentioned a bit earlier, like I grew up with just like generally, like my half my life has been with my mum, my sister and my, my girls. So I don't know what it's like to have a, like another male figure li- living with me to know that there are certain roles that males do compared to women. So I don't know that. So for me, what I know is that, okay, I'm going to walk past the laundry and I'll have a look at the washing machine and the clothes need to come out. Well, then you just take them out, you know. Um, You walk past the sink and there's dishes in there. You either wash them or put them in a dishwasher. Though stacking the dishwasher is not my forte. Like, my wife would vouch for that. But um, I try, you know. Um, We just get stuff done. Like, um, like I... um, People might think it's cheesy, but, like, I, I would iron my wife's shirts for the week and hang them up in her... Um, you know, in her robe, in her walk-in robe, um, the same as I do mine, and you know, iron the kids' uniforms, and you know, line line them up. Um, um, I vacuum, I cook, clean. I you know, I do the gardening because I enjoy it. Like my wife's not a fan of maintaining um, my veggie patch that I did, so I do it because I get satisfaction out of it. The same way I get satisfaction out of cooking, but. Um, let's face it, no one gets satisfaction out of cleaning and laundry. So you, we just get it done. Like, you know, there's times when my wife would hang out the clothes and I'd take them out. I'd take them down and sort them, vice versa. Um, you know, if I'm home and she's at work, I would, you know, put loads of sh- uh, washing on. It's separate the blacks. Are the kids involved? The kids have chores? At the moment, we like their chores to be, um, like, the activity so we spend money on say Anella my eldest doing piano so for yeah. me um I want to figure out um what her passion is and, and I want her to figure out her passion so I remember as a kid I used to go soccer training but after soccer training I'd come home and I'd kick the ball until it was dark and I couldn't see anymore you know because I was passionate about it so I want her to find her passion so I'd say to her hey daddy will make your bed or daddy would do this for you but just do what you want to do so I can figure out her passion. So um, recently she started playing other piano songs other than what she's learning at piano lessons. So for me, I'm like, okay, maybe she's passionate about the piano. So I don't want to stifle that. And I just want her creativity to come out. Um, So I tend to reduce the amount of chores I have, but their rooms need to be clean and neat um, because we we have, um, you know, we can hijack them with, technology like okay fine you won't have your ipad until your room's clean and all of a sudden the room's clean so you know when things need to get done it gets done but i 
love them to be creative. So I would never say to them, stop playing the piano and go clean your room. You know, it would be continue. Or Kiara, stop. Like, I would never tell her to stop drawing. You know, she's, she'll paint, you know, or she'll, you know, she loves it. So when it comes to being creative, I let them be. Um, but yeah, they're generally tidy kids anyway. But no, they don't have chores as such. You know, hopefully they, we don't need to tell them their chores and hopefully they just get to do them, you know. This point, it's, it's, it's that borderline between chores and family contributions. It's just we all work as a team. Let's just pitch in. Yeah. Yeah, but even something simple like we'd be watching TV together and then there might be a snack or whatever and like a bowl with um, mandarin peels in it. And like Kiara might get up and just say, oh, I'm going to go to bed. It's like, oh, before you go to bed, just take the bowl, empty the, you know, the, you know, the rubbish and put it in the sink or whatever. So they just tend to do that now because they see us doing it and they yeah. can see there's no defined roles at home. We just get stuff done. So they just yeah. tend to sort of follow suit. So I guess leading by example makes a difference. Absolutely. Being the perfect role models. Yeah. Works. So on so a weekend, far. like on, well, on a normal weekend, on a really good, beautiful weather, we're allowed to leave yeah. the house on our weekend. What is it that you guys like to do as a family? Okay. Um, generally, generally Saturday mornings, we do like um, sort of brunch maybe. So we'd go into town. Um, usually if we need to do something, we try and make it something a bit fun. Like a couple of weekends ago, we drove to about an hour out of Geelong and it was a sunflower farm and there was just a field of sunflowers. So we try and stay outside on beautiful days. So we, we went to this um, beautiful place and they were running around amongst sunflowers and yeah, we got to you know, pick some sun, like sunflowers and they're massive and you know, we'd never seen it before. And then we went to a dairy farm to see how cheese is and butter is made and stuff. So we do stuff like, like that um, where we get out of where we are and we appreciate where we live. You know, during summer, we go to the beach, um, walk along the, like the coast here in Geelong, um, or we go to a Westfield if we need to buy something. Um, you know, uh, we, we try different foods sometimes. We love, like, um, like when there's festivals on, you know, love to you know, get the kids involved. Um, yeah, so more about, more I guess, outdoors, like basketball. Like usually Sundays after we do our shopping, me and the girls, we go to a basketball court and Kiara would ride her bike around. And I'd usually play basketball with Anala because she's she plays she wants to play basketball. So, you know, we I teach her we play some one on one. Um, yeah, crafty That's stuff. Cool, and physical. I love that. That's just you've just thrown out so many ideas to people as well, especially once we can yeah. leave our homes. But even though yeah. there's a few, you can still do things like playing basketball and going yeah. on your bike and scooters and everything like that. Yeah. Sorry, what was that last bit? We can still go on our bikes and scooters and everything like that as well. That's yes. a beautiful thing. That, yeah. But even if you Google like things to do in your local area, like there's a ton of things and yeah. you learn more about where you live and, you know, it, it just keeps the kids outside, you know, um, and that's, that's, that's cool. You know, even we might plant um, some veggies or whatever, because now we're at that season where we get rid of all the tomatoes and zucchinis and what are we going to plant? So we'll go and make a, a trip of it. Like we go, to a nursery and get some, I think cauliflowers are in and, you know, onions and carrots. So we'll do that, spend some time planting and watering, get our hands dirty. And yeah, there's always something to do. You know? Absolutely. Well, okay. Before I get to my last five, my last five questions, there's one question yep. I want to ask you in regards to self-care. And um, yep. cause we answered the fair bit of it at the start of this episode, but I would really want to know, how do you get motivated every morning at 4.30? What's that motivation? Uh, I guess um, for me, it's, it's feeling energised. Like I, I know that if I don't go training and like if I don't do any activity, I wake up feeling sluggish and I'm in the shower asleep virtually and getting myself ready. And I sort of just go through the phases of getting things done without much energy because I'm tired. But when I started I don't know, about six weeks ago, training every, every morning, like six days a week, I'll, I'll train. Um, and it doesn't have to be going anywhere. Like I've got a little gym set up here at home um, or I can go for a job. I know that I feel different. Um, and I do believe in healthy body, healthy mind. For me, it, it, it's actually true. So I like to be energized and fully there 
when my kids are talking to me. You know, I want to be able to listen and um, I want to be their little BFF, you know, and um, the go-to guy if they have guy problems so I can talk through them. So I need to be there. And for me to be a good dad, I've got to be a good, you know, healthy person so I can focus. That's my motivation. Yeah. Wow. Can you, what keeps you motivated? Is that the same motivation that keeps you motivated throughout the day? Yeah, because like, um, like I, I like to be, like to be a good dad, you've got to be a good husband also, right? Because the kids, I'm leading by example and I'm showing my girls how a woman, how women should be treated by the way I treat my wife. And that's why being in a healthy relationship is important, not just the way I treat my wife, but I've got to be there as much for my wife as I am for my kids and same with her. So we, when the girls see us clowning around or my wife and I, you know, doing some physical activity, uh, as in training, right, or planks or whatever, you know where I'm going, whoops, yeah. um, they, um, it, it rubs off on them, you know, they know that it's important to be healthy because, you know, as a kid, I grew up playing sports all the time and it made a difference um, and it's important for you know, I just want to be there. I want to be. I want to live as long as I can, so that I can walk both my girls down the aisle. You know, should they choose to get married. You know, I I, I want to be the fun dad. You know, that they bring a partner home to, whether it be a, you know, they get married or not. It, it doesn't matter whether they're. You know, it doesn't matter for me. I just want to be full dad. I want to live as long as I can. I want to be a good husband, and that's enough motivation. And as hippie as it sounds, is that I do believe in. Um, in love and I do come from a place of love and I do things because I love to rather than have to and I love my girls enough to um, it's it's how I express my love for them by making creative bright colorful lunches and you can't argue with that if someone says you're a whatever I'm like no dude I do it because I love my girls you can't argue with that and you can't thank you so much for sharing that's cool yeah that's cool Um, so as I reach my last five questions, um, they're probably the last five. Yeah. I All right. Know, what is your easiest midweek meal that either you or your partner make throughout the week? Okay. Um, easiest is, um, and I made it last night, funnily enough, is a stir fry, is a rice, uh, simple rice, uh, fried rice. And yeah. it's literally, um, and when they're feeling a bit under the weather, like weather-wise, um, uh, like if I can feel winter coming on and they need a bit of a kick, I do um, like just fry up some onions, garlic and a bit of ginger, then drop in some capsicums, some chicken or a form of protein and then uh, chuck in a heap of steamed rice, some corn and just stir fry, add some soy sauce and um, a simple, it probably takes 10 minutes to be honest yeah. to make and that's that's my go-to midweek quick dinner um yeah simple stir fry because you've got carbs and i like to use black rice i don't know if anyone knows too much about black rice but it's the best form of carbs you can get it's it's a good carb it's like sweet potato but better um yeah. and in the form of a stir fry so you're getting all the nutrition out of the veggies you've got the roots as in the garlic and the ginger uh, which is super good for you and um and makes kids resilient and we've got protein, so it covers everything in under 10 minutes. That's excellent. Oh, thank you for sharing the recipe too. Oh, good, easy. <laughs> okay, what would you say in your family? Do you have like a number one money-saving tip or a budgeting tip that you've ever experienced? Yeah, um, like I do keep kids' lunches under 50 bucks for the two for the week. Um, and I'm pretty sure I've got the list somewhere. It might be on my blog, maybe. I don't know, schoollunchbox.com.au, I think it is. But um, I'd like to keep things within a budget so that yeah. we can keep their activities going and um, you know, we, we do work hard so the kids appreciate that. But um, usually the large supermarkets on a Tuesday night would have a whole chicken for $7.50 that's cooked. And I usually pick one up and I peel it and put it in a, in a bowl or an airtight container. And that whole chicken, you can do chicken salads with, fillings for the sandwiches, um, you know, tacos in their lunch boxes. It just, it gives you so much versatility. So, um, and it's a good, it's protein. Um, yeah. It's $7.50 that can last three days in the fridge. 
So that's one tip I like um, or that I can offer is pick up one of them chicken spoons that are yeah. cooked for 750. Get rid of the, the bones and have the meat there. And you can make um, like a, a salad for the mum and dad. Uh, the kids can have like wraps, tacos, whatever, school lunches. Lasts for three days and it's, um, yeah, it's good. So there it's you really go. cost effective. All right, excellent. What would you say is the easiest activity that you do with the kids? Probably when they're especially a bit younger when you needed to get out of the house? What was your easiest activity? I guess even just going for a walk. Bike rides are, are great. They just jump on the bike and we go. Or even a ball activity. So like a, a basketball and just go, walking up to a basketball court and just me being a, like a, a spaz, you know, and making my girls laugh and getting them involved. Um, not letting them win is the key. No, I'm joking. Um, no, and it just, what it does is it gets air in their lungs, fresh air, a bit of sun and physical activity. It's so, it's priceless and it's for free. You know, I've got a ball, seven bucks from Kmart. <laughs> like I literally, like uh, there's one in the car and um, yeah, just to get out of the house, you yeah. just can't beat it. Oh, excellent. Okay, what I think I know the next answer, but just in case, it's an either or question early mornings or late nights? Early mornings, yeah. yeah. I, I, uh, I feel I like to get up early because I feel like um, everyone else is sleeping. Like I'm one of the only crazy ones that are up at this time, and it makes me feel good um, when everyone's right. woken up. Hey, yeah, you got it? I'm in your eyes are too. I totally understand that sacred. <laughs> yeah. Done. It's very active as well. Um, so how do you, George, what's that one thing that you do that fills your cup up? What's that one thing you do for you? For me? Um, I guess um, writing. I'm very expressive as a person. I'm not afraid to say I love you to people, um, my, my best mates. Um, I'm the over-affectionate one. Um, and I like to write something and share it. Like uh, I used to write poetry and write music and I, I could be driving and then get inspired and I'll pull over and I'd be writing a poem for half an hour and then take a photo of it and send it to my sister. You know, um, so I guess that fills my, that cup, fills my cup to see, how, to others see how others know how I feel about them. Because we don't share enough. Like we don't share our feelings enough yeah. for people to know that we, you know, that we care. You know, I don't want to be, I don't want, People like one day, like what bothers me is when people unfortunately pass away and people are like, oh, he was such a good guy. Do tell them, you know, he's such a good guy. Yeah, that's that's where I come from. Maybe because I lost my dad young and um, I think that's why I don't leave. I, I think differently. I don't, like every day, like I make a lunch, like it's the last one I'm ever going to make. That's how I think. So what am I going to do to make this special? And if you think like that with everything, it's... It, everything becomes different you think differently because you've lost and you don't want to lose so you don't want to leave anything to chance that you might not see someone to get again so say i love you it doesn't hurt you know or make it extra special or write the card or write a song or a poem and give it to them because there's nothing better than being able to see how others react when they know that you care or you love or whatever yeah is that too hippie for you no that's I've oh, probably the most beautiful answers I think I've heard yet. So thank you for sharing that vulnerability oh, cool. and that realism. Oh, no. People need to hear it as well. And even though we're in a society where we're sharing a lot, we're actually not sharing what we're really thinking and feeling and need to express. Yeah. yeah. Part of this episode. Cool. Thank you. No, thank you. I'm stoked. Thank you so much. 